Uh, actually, you know what? What's a blood orange? Are these oranges oh, that have been dude, like that's so just good. picked from uh, by like know, little African, African orchards? And- <laughs> How many people died for your blood oranges? Yeah. No thanks. I don't. I don't buy blood oranges. That's right. Only man. ethical oranges. For They're me. exactly the same as normal oranges. <laughs> They're, right. just, They're just harvested by sort of six-year-old boys in. Uh, what if these are blood oranges? Five guys died for that for that bushel. <laughs> Damn straight, like those good. are blood oranges. I like it. Welcome to Jeremy's Iron. It's a scientific podcast ironing out the silly things that we believe. Mm-hmm. My name is Justin Zeltzer and with me is the coronavirus-laden Justin Bobbin. Welcome. That's right. Thank you. You've come fresh from Wuhan province. Mm-hmm. You, you do sound a bit um, on the uh, gravelly kind of... You know, you know I've always taken an annual trip to Wuhan. It's true. Yeah. So I went on my... Your, your Mecca. My Mecca. So I summered in Wuhan. Yeah. And, well, God damn it, I didn't come back with this cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won't budge. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, we are currently sealing off our recording studio. <laughs> Which I, I see now... you've done already. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have sealed off those windows. Um, yeah. This is a podcast where we look at the silly things that people believe in. There's so many things out there that people believe on little to no evidence, and we're going to... And also in spite of significant evidence. Yeah. Right? So, in the following couple of episodes, we're going to look at numerous things. Things such as, um, like, karma, for example, is an interesting one. A whole bunch of health fads that people get into. We previously looked at... Crystals. uh, Crystals. Yep. Healing crystals and that kind of thing. Today, we're checking out drinking one's own urine. Yeah. Europhagia. Yeah. Have you heard that? Have you heard that before? Europhagia? I have, yeah. I've heard of Europhagia. Yeah. Uh, the golden stream. The, go- the golden stream. Drinking the golden mm-hmm. the golden syrup. The golden elixir. <laughs> right? Yeah. Nature's uh, crema. Nature's crema. Yeah. I think nature's crema is something else, dude. <laughs> You're right. We um, should look into that as well. Well, that's potentially for a future episode. But in investigating this, I was so surprised at how many, how prolific it is. Mm-hmm. So in this particular episode, we're going to look at the history yep. of urine drinking yep. and urine in health you know, practices. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to look at what people are doing today and the modern practices, the sort of wellness fads and that kind of thing. Um, and also right at the top of the show, you're going to tell us about what urine actually is. So if that is interesting to you, stick around. It's Jeremy Zion. We'll be here. We'll be here. It's jeremyzion.com for those of you um, with access to uh, a browser or an internet connection. Yeah. Trading as JYJ on the ASX. That's right. That's right. This is what we do. If you're in, if you like us, um, invest. Yeah. Our IPO is out. Yeah. Um, We're taking investments of $200,000 and above. That's how it works, right? I'm pretty sure that's how it works. But we'll be back after this this, uh, short break. This commercial break, aka a sample of some music I made some 10 years ago. um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, we'll be back with what urine actually is and what's in it. What's in my urine, Justin Bobbin? Not my my urine. Let's not get personal. Depends on what you ate yesterday. Okay. We'll be getting to that shortly. Music? Asparagus. (laughs) 
So what is urine? Yeah, well, that's right. To the best of our knowledge, urine is a sweet, magical juice <laughs> that we excrete and doesn't actually seem to be waste at all. It actually seems to be highly concentrated, potent medicine. <laughs> Yes. That's what we know about it. Well, that's easy. Uh, yeah. This episode's done. Yeah. <laughs> From what we could tell, it probably cures most things mm. right away. Yeah. So what's this whole like medicine caper that you've been involved in for 20 years? <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> okay. Total scam. Uh, Got to pay for a med school somehow. Right. Uh, yeah. What is urine? Well, as you'd imagine, urine is a lot like poop. It's yeah. waste. You yeah. Know? So um, our kidneys, you have got two of them and they're connected to your bladder through your readers and your your bladder is connected through your urethra hmm. to the outside world, and that's how we get rid of all of our kind of liquid waste. Hmm. And the kidneys act as processing uh, sort of centers, and they filter everything. Now they're not really passive filters like a like a sieve would be. Hmm. Uh, they're active filters. So what they're they powered. Do is, they're powered, right? So they do a whole lot. So they don't only maintain your fluid balance. Mm-hmm. So if you drink too much fluid, they get rid of it. If you don't drink enough fluid, they keep it in. Uh, but they also moderate uh, your salts, your other electrolytes, make sure you have just exactly the right amount because if you are off by even a little bit, your body will not work the way it's meant to. We operate within a very tight range of concentrations of various mm-hmm. electrolytes and, yep. and proteins. Um, in fact, proteins are a big thing that the kidneys control as well. They help us control how we get rid of, how much protein we lose, how much protein we hold on to. So really, anything you lose in your urine, unless you've got a kidney problem, you're meant to lose. You got too much of it. It's not good for you. That's our body kind of maintaining homeostasis. Uh, so within your urine, it's mainly water, 98, 99% water. Mm-hmm. And what little isn't, all the yellow stuff there, I guess, is urea, ammonia. So uh, what's urea? Because I know that's also, is that got something to do with gout as well? Urea? No, you're thinking acid? that's uric acid. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, um, urea? What, what is Urea. It's a compound that's the, the result of the breakdown of proteins. Yeah. So it's, a, it's basically, it's a waste product of protein metabolism. Yep. So it's just, we get rid of it. Uh, not much use for urea within your body. Uh, so yeah, your kidney's doing all this kind of stuff. It's, like it's getting rid of stuff. And oftentimes, as it goes through the kidney, you have all these little tubules, or tiny little processing plants. You have millions of them within each kidney. And each of them is constantly getting rid of water, taking your water back in, uh, getting rid of salt, taking salt back in, and it's kind of exchanging all these ions and all these proteins back and forth across those membranes mm. until it gets the right concentration, and right. then it gets rid of it. So it's a very active, very complex process. A lot more complicated than just, I said, filtering things out that you want or don't want. Outside of having actual kidney problems, yeah. is there ways that you could be excreting things that could still be useful? As in, like, is it just not? Like- Really? Uh, I mean, sure, you could get rid of things that aren't bad for you. I mean, sure. salt's not bad for you. You need a degree of salt in your body. Um, and you'd get rid of excess salt if you have too much of it. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't really have a situation outside of kidney disease where you are getting rid of stuff that you should be holding on to. Uh, in fact, by definition, if you're getting rid of stuff that you should be holding on to, that would be kidney disease. Right. Right. Um, so there are diseases where you have leaky kidneys. So there's something called the nephrotic syndrome. Okay. Uh, there's quite a few different versions of different kind of kidney diseases. Mm-hmm. Nephrotic is one of, the, one of the more common ones, and it's nef, kind of nef is like the nephron, nephros, like kidneys or something. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. yeah. So Greek would be it'd be nephrosis. Is nephrosis. That, yeah. yeah. So you have like nephrotic syndrome, nephritic syndrome, nephrosis. Right. Um, it's all about the kidneys. Yeah. So a nephrologist is a kidney specialist. Right. Uh, yeah. So if you have particularly leaky kidneys, you might be getting rid of more things than you should be holding on to. Yeah. 
And I guess maybe in that situation, you can make an argument that if you have leaky kidneys, you should be drinking that urine to reprocess everything they went through. But I don't think it works quite that no. way. Okay. And, and this urine therapy slash you know, yeah. drinking urine thing is not directed at people that have kidney problems. No, it's, it's not. In fact, panacea because I was thinking, sorts, I was yeah. like, well, maybe someone thought, even though it's probably not true, that if you have this nephrotic syndrome, you should be drinking your own urine to kind of reprocess and kind of take back all that undue waste. No one's actually mentioned drinking urine in the, urine in the context of nephrotic syndrome. Yeah, sure. So okay. that's one thing that they're not trying to fix with it. Okay, right. <laughs> um, and also, if you're out there, please don't drink your urine to cure your nephrotic syndrome. I really don't think that's the answer. No, I agree with you. We're, uh, we're not, not in the habit of giving actual medical advice on this show no, anyway. No. What's that we're not to do? Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. That's a good, nice little summary of yeah. what urine is. Yeah. So it's, it's generally, it's useless stuff or even bad stuff. That's right. Right. So, including drug metabolites, right? So, some drugs are processed and metabolized through your kidneys. Uh, so, if you drink that again, you'll be double dosing on some of the metabolites of those drugs. Hmm. And also, if you drink someone else's urine, you might be taking on their medications. Well, this is what we're going to find out that there's actually a um, cultural practice from Siberia where they actually do a bit of this for their cost host. reasons to save money. Correct. Wow. Well, anyway, we'll, well, not save money, but we'll see. We'll Coming up in a sec. In fact, we might as well get into that now, which is the historical usage of urine yep. in culture mm-hmm. in term, for, for health purposes sure. more than anything else, right? So the earliest evidence of urine is Hindus some 4,000 years ago. Was that a podcast? But, yeah. <laughs> An early Hindu podcast 4,000 years <laughs> yeah, ago? That's right. Um, it's called Amaroli, which is a yogic practice. Right. From the Vedas. From the Vedas. Incorporated into yoga to aid meditation. Now, what this practice is, is uh, it comes from the Damara Tantra texts. Right. One of these these kind of like foundational texts around the yogic Tantra. Yep. Whole kind of cultural practice. Very romantic. A sensible man gets up in the morning when three quarters of the night has passed. Yep. As in three or four o'clock. Faces east Uh and passes urine. Uh, You know what? I actually do that. You face east? I think I do, yeah. <laughs> the initial funny story: my bathroom faces, faces west. west. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I get confused <laughs> three or four in the morning. The initial and concluding flow of urine is to be discarded. The intermediate flow, yep, is to be consumed. Interesting. So the idea is the initial flow is got too many toxins or whatever. Mm-hmm. The end of the flow is nothing much in there anyway. Yeah. So you want that intermediate flow to get the benefits without all the like. That's funny. This is a little bit like uh, like barista talk. When you make an espresso, you uh, a true espresso yeah. is the full shot. But if you <laughs> keep the first bit and discard the, the second bit, that's a ristretto. Yeah. I think. So what's this then? So this, this is like the, the this mid, is this is actually the worst part. This is all the bitter stuff. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think that's what a ristretto is. Yeah. I think ristretto is you stop you you uh you, you, it's it's a like a half pull on it. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So there's, there's like urine baristas out there that are like, no, dude, you don't want the first like the first quarter. That's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> um, a little bit after that. Inside. The first quarter is actually a pee. The middle bit is, me- is medicine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So uh, in Siberia, some, well, thousands of years, potentially after that, yeah. there were these practices involving hallucinogenic mushrooms, which were quite rare mm-hmm. in Siberia. Yep. And so what would happen would be that the people that could afford them... Gotcha. Drink, you know where this is going. They're, this they're is having going. the mushrooms. They're getting all high and part of the, the, ritual, the ritual and the culture of actually yeah. hallucinating and whatever. Um, and if you couldn't afford them, essentially what would happen would be the rich people would then just pee and then... 
you would drink their pee and you would get some of the hallucina- sure. hallucinations because you're actually drinking some of the discarded stuff from the body. Yeah. Yep. And guess what the body's discarding? A lot of the active, whatever, yep. hallucinogens, right? So it was basically like poor people drugs, essentially. So now, beside this being a really interesting anecdote from history, yeah. is it possible that this is one of the roots of actually using urine medicinally? In that, yeah, at some point, we've conflated the use of the intentional drinking of urine to recapture specific metabolites yeah. that were medicinal, psychoactive, to just thinking at some point that it's the urine of rich people that's good or just eventually thinking it's just urine that's good in itself and forgetting the very specific reason why they were drinking urine. That's possible. I mean, that's possible in all kind of cultural practices and sure. stuff, right? You, yeah. you, you, you've got thousands of, hist- thousands of years of history of people doing these cultural practices yeah. and then you just adopt it as on faith. Yeah. And there might have been good good cause for it back in the day. Yeah. So I'd believe that. But trace like that. not eating pork or something, right? That's right. right? Yeah, exactly right. right. I was I don't know why my mind went straight to Jewish. It's fun though, because it, it is similar. And if you ask a if this was real, say the Jews did this now. Right? Well, yeah, like circumcision is another good example, sure, right? Exactly. And if you ask someone now, why do you drink urine as a Jew? They'd be like, Well, we did initially to recapture uh, psychoactive metabolites. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was like two thousand years ago. Now we just drink it because it's cultural. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We just drink it because we always have now. At Purim, the rabbi drinks it. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Like we obviously we don't use psychoactive mushrooms anymore in our culture. Yeah. They're not part of our uh, our geography. We still drink the urine, though, out of I, out of respect and tribute that's to. Right. My grandmother's still alive. If she knew I wasn't drinking urine, urine, she'd be she disappointed. Just die. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I have to keep on drinking urine. Um, okay, so after we move from Siberia, there's a biblical proverb in the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, five fifteen. Uh, drink waters out of thine own cistern, cistern. Yep. And running waters out of thine own well. That's a phrase in. Proverbs five fifteen, mm-hmm. right? And that's actually it's gonna come back up and bite us a little bit because there's a, a very famous mm-hmm. British naturalist called John Armstrong who uses this as I the read crux about John Armstrong of his um in the forties. In the nineteen forties, he made a tome about the, the uses of urine mm-hmm. and he uses that as the sort of foundational stone of it. But it's also used for the w- kidney stone. Yeah. <laughs> that's very good. It's also used for teeth whitening in ancient Rome, apparently. Okay. That's another thing. Um, would you, would you think would there be any benefits in any kind of like teeth whitening agents in I think urine? Would, I, I think, think like you would yellow your teeth. Yeah, right. If anything. Yeah, That's, I can't think of a reason why it would. I mean, well, salts, we, salts no, well, are we all use, right. We use ammonia to clean stuff. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of the detergents have ammonia in them, mm-hmm. like uh, bathroom cleaners and things like that. So we gargle salts and stuff for bacteria. Is it possibly <sighs> doing good for the the mouth bacteria and stuff? Don't know. Well, it's full of bacteria in itself. Mm. So, and there's also a lot of practices in Africa around the drinking of cow urine, okay. believe it or not. I feel better about that for some reason. Really? Yeah. Apparently, it's a traditional remedy for convulsion and related health conditions in children. And sometimes it's still, well, I say still, but this paper was done, well, it's only 10 years ago. This paper is called Microbial Evaluation and Public Health Implications of Urine as Alternative Therapy. And what did it conclude? Well, it concluded that drinking cow urine is actually pretty bloody bad for you. <laughs> cow urine contains bacteria such as Citrobacter, yeah. um, Klebsiella, Klebsiella, Klebsiella yep. Proteus, E. coli, bad ones. Um, which is implicated in, in infantile gastroenteritis. Yep. But then we move forward, as you were saying, to the 1940s. 
Yeah. John Armstrong. John W. Armstrong, which is a, who's a British naturalist. Was he a real doctor? Ah, that's or, a good or like, question. Was he a naturalist doctor? Like, is he a PhD of herbology or something? Or is he actually a medical doctor? It says British naturopath everywhere. And he's not popping up in too many places on the webs. Um, nonetheless... Oh, he, if he's an, so he's not a real doctor, it sounds like. Well, no, he's not. But then over 30 years, apparently, he was treating a lot of people with these urine-based therapies. And he cited that particular proverb that we saw, we heard before from... Right, the cistern. Yeah, well. drink from your own cistern or whatever. Uh-huh. And he used that in his... Could that just mean like if you literally have a well or a cistern, just yeah. drink, drink your own? Drink your own as like, opposed don't to go stealing, stealing it from someone, someone else's. else's. Like, isn't that the obvious interpretation <laughs> of that? Yeah. Not drink your own urine because I don't think society would survive if we drank our urine. If the proverb had said, like, eat in your own home, <laughs> eat your own food, would people be like, well, well you got to eat your own feces? That's right. The Bible says so. No, no, it just said keep, like, just eat your own food. Like, don't steal. Yeah. How'd you get that from that? No, no, definitely about poop. Eat where, it'd be like, eat, eat where you sit or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can only mean one thing. Uh, yeah, so his book, which is called um, The Waters, Waters of Life, The Water of Life, basically, he uses this premise, and it's a really interesting premise, and going to your question about how do people believe in this stuff. Yeah. They use a lot of metaphor, and this is a metaphor he uses straight off. And the there's bat. confusion between metaphor and reality. Correct. Yeah. So he basically suggests that fallen leaves from trees, mm-hmm. when dug back into the soil, provide valuable mineral salts to nourish new plant life. Sure. So plants do it, or at least it's useful for plants, right? The leaves that are coming off the trees, yeah. you grind them up, becomes mulch, you put them on the ground, yeah. and that feeds the tree again, right? Yeah, I can see your sort of not by the machinations of your brain going. But this leaves are right waste, <laughs> exactly. And there's also a whole leaves bunch of are them. little bits of tree. Yeah, I think the correct fully ana- formed and, and happy. Yeah, but they're I think meat. The correct analogy would be if you tried to pick up the leaves and sort of paste them back onto the other <laughs> the other leaves, right? Like that's not doing anyone any good. And I I, I feel like those kind of analogies captures for me yeah. the potential sort of mysticism that people fall for around this right you Uh hear that and you go oh so natural yeah why do we do that and this is basically the premise of a lot of his book which he suggests drinking urine can cure a lot of these diseases including ready for this yep gangrene growths and cancer bright's disease don't know what that is what's bright's disease Uh, i've heard of it don't know whatever don't need to know about it because you'll cure it by drinking there are doesn't exist anymore it's done (laughs) leukemia heart disease malaria Orchitis. Yeah, that's uh, swollen testicles. Venereal diseases, wounds, common colds. All of those I read out were individual chapters and how he's found that drinking urine solves all these problems. That's amazing. Yeah, but in... in um, Won't fix a broken bone, though. I'm still in business. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All Sorry, the sur- John All the surgeons out there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and so that, that that is, I think, the history behind a lot of what modern day people would probably, even though they're not aware of it, are building the foundations of their um, urine drinking practices. Uh-huh. There's also a bunch a bunch of celebrities that have a fetish around, sexual fetish around urine. It's called urolania. Urolania, I'm going to go. L-A-G-N-I-A? Yeah. Urolania. Urolania is what I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is different to urophagia. 
Well, urophagia is, is the, the drinking, drinking of the oh, urine. Yeah. Right. So this is a urolania is a fetish, a sexual fetish, centered around. Well, I think any fetish is sexual fetish. I guess right. Right. Uh, what about an eating fetish? Is that, is that sexual? Anyway, um, some celebrities include Chuck Berry. Apparently, he had a big urine thing going on. Donald Trump. Is that right? Well, apparently, maybe. Right. Oh, interesting. Ricky Martin. Believe it. Yeah. And there's a guy called Havelock Ellis. Have you heard of Havelock Ellis? No. He's, a, he's quite a famous psychologist and did a lot for sexual psychology. He's English. Uh-huh. And it, aside from just writing up a lot of stuff about sexual psychology, he never had sex himself until he was about in his 60s. What? Yeah, true story. Where he discovered that the sight of a woman peeing finally got it up for him. Yeah. Wow, what a great thing for him yeah. to find out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, true, this is a true story. You can look oh, but, up. Have but not the else. drinking of her urine. No, not the drinking of, but just, just the side of... Yeah. Okay, makes some more sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, urine has uh, multiple uses in culture and from uh, back in the day to more recent as well. So, yeah, that, that's my sort of coverage of the modern, you know, up to the modern day. Uh-huh. There's also, you know, stuff in various movies and that kind of thing about drinking your urine when there's nothing else available. Remember Waterworld? Dude, I actually don't... I mean, I know Waterworld yeah. very well. Superficially, I don't actually remember much about Waterworld. Mm. Do you? I remember him drinking his own urine. That's the only thing I remember from that I don't from remember that, that at all. Yeah. He's on the boat, he pees, and he drinks it. Okay. No, I don't remember that bit at all. Mm. I wonder because if Because he's on the boat after. for a long time? Sorry? Because he's on the boat for a long time. Yeah, well, because Waterworld is like the world is... For some yeah, reason, right. the polar ice caps have melted. Water, pretty. water everywhere. No, and urine not, to not drink. drinkable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I read about that. That in fact, the metabolites and the minerals are so concentrated in urine that it's no different than drinking seawater. Well, it's not that. As we said before, it's not that concentrated, is it? I mean, if, if you said it's ninety-five percent water, well, so is seawater. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when you say so concentrated, even that one or two percent is very concentrated. Very concentrated. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's no better for you than drinking seawater in terms of hydration. Right. It'll cost you water to process it because to take on, to get rid of all that extra salt, yep. you actually need water to dilute it, mm. which means and we can't dilute it as strongly as it is uh, in the seawater or as strong as you got it. So we actually need to lose water, give water from yourself to dilute it enough if your kidney is able to process it. Yeah. But apparently the, the US Army field manual. Yep. So this is the manual for, you know. Survival. Yeah. For survival the, in the, the field. Bear grills. Bear Grylls says, don't drink your pee. Says, don't soldier, d- keep out of thine own cistern. <laughs> don't drink from your own well. Don't, yeah, do not drink from your own well. Because Do you um, think there's ever a soldier who was by himself who had dug an actual well and then picked up his book and was like, God damn it. <laughs> now I've got to drink my urine. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was in Platoon. That's one of the deleted scenes. Ah, dag nabbit. Yeah, okay. So, should we take a, a, a wee little break? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And come back with the uh, a full uh, stream of our consciousness <laughs> <laughs> to do uh, look at the modern day usage in social media and and, there, at- and our number one argument <laughs> against. I'm with you, number yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, number yeah I got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Okay, okay, <laughs> music.
know in terms of science behind it. Now, I didn't see much on the social media side of it. You said there's a lot of social media stuff on well, it. Well, just a lot of like celebrities and stuff. That yeah, okay. So I saw a lot of news reports of so these anecdotal reports of you know people. Actually, a lot of the ones I saw were in the UK, uh, drinking their own urine and swearing that it does literally everything. It's quite- they drank it once to fix one thing, and then they realized it actually has fixed everything in their life. They lost half their body weight. Uh, they rub it on their face. They some one lady puts it in her eyes. Yeah, I heard about the eye thing. She, what so does she that does, do? Like, she just don't know. Gives her make, keeps her eyes nice and clean. Yeah, like she would do eye washes, mouth gargles, drinks it, brushes her teeth with it, and then does like body washes. Yeah, well, well, can you imagine? I mean, it's one thing to read that in the paper and think, oh, that's kind of funny. Can you imagine if you met someone or you were seeing someone, and before you went to bed, you, you just saw that she was dousing her face in urine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Rinsing her eyeballs. Can you imagine if you saw someone who was just rinsing their eyeballs anyway most nights <laughs> in saline? You'd be like, why do you rinse your eyeballs? <laughs> your body does that yeah. already. And then if you found, she's like, oh, I know what you're thinking. <clears throat> this is weird. Uh, it's not what you think. It's actually urine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand that tears are basically salt water already. Yeah. I'm not going to waste my time. And don't worry. This is a practice that's been done for 4,000 years. Yeah. Nothing that was done back then is yeah, wrong. That's right. Uh, so the, uh, there is a lot of this very strange anecdotal evidence of people just well, then, well you know Madonna used to do it I didn't know that Madonna apparently used to um, bathe her feet in urine because she cured her athlete's foot or something like that it I'm begs actually, the question I've actually one. got a bout of that right now dude well I mean if, if there's anything we can try on the show yeah. that's that's reasonably like not that gross you could totally just pee on my foot pee on your foot yeah I mean I could do it, it for you no okay. we'll do it I'm, I'm fine I've got plenty of urine myself uh Ah, look, wonder what that would do. I mean, the idea that why you shouldn't drink it is it's not really good for life. So maybe the ammonia in the urine could be bad for fungus. It's possible. Mm. So I think I think we're going to be more lenient on claims around that the non-ingesting uses, perhaps. Yeah. But if I can just cycle back quickly to ingesting uses, it's used heaps in the MMA community, in oh, the fighting on. community and stuff. A lot of these like fighters and stuff are drinking their own urine, right. and it's on YouTube. If you write urine drinking, oh really? Yeah, there's an MMA fighter that goes by the name of Lioto Makita, who drinks his own urine. Yeah, so that's a thing. I'm sure Joe Rogan's featured it on his show at probably. some point, right? He probably endorses it. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That's not surprising because we had a chat a couple of days ago about the guy that you and Joe. No, you and I. Yeah. About the guy from that uh, Game Changers doco. Yeah. Who, as we've, we'll talk about this probably in more depth in a future episode, but long story short, this guy's got no understanding of science whatsoever. Yeah. And what's his background? Ex-MMA fighter. Yeah, right. So there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of understanding of, of science in that, in that arena. Yeah. In seem, the octagon. There seems to be a lot of like alternative remedies and alternative medicines coming out of the MMA, like... Out of the octagon. Yeah, out of the octagon. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I just did a quick search here about uh, urine and fungus. And obviously, I should have thought of this before. Um, you can get fungal urine infections. So if fungus can grow in urine, it's probably not a great thing for killing urine, for right. killing fungus. So sure. as you'd expect, probably not going to be super helpful for athlete's foot. Mm. There were other people that suggested that you should be drinking urine in, uh-huh. in the modern day. Yeah. Uh, including Enough the- that you're curious about it now? No, no, enough. They're, they all seem somewhat crazy, somewhat crazy or in the yeah. quackery kind uh-huh. of thing. The Prime Minister of India, Moragi Desai, this is from some years ago, uh-huh. he's the former Prime Minister now. Yeah. 
suggested that people who can't afford medical treatment yeah. should drink their own urine. This is the prime minister of a country saying this. Believe, and he also believed that if an individual washes their eyes with urine, oh, here we go. They can never get a cataract. So maybe this is why that lady washes her eyes with it. Prime minister of a country. Yeah, like so many things that we talk about, right? Mm. Uh, we know what's in urine. There's nothing that's in urine that we know to be a powerful cure for essentially anything. So there's no surprise that it doesn't seem to work. And we understand why it would be bad for you and why it does seem to be bad for you at times. Yeah. So, so there is one guy who did some research back in the 70s and he thinks or he thought he had he found some use for urine. There was actually a real medical benefit. Gotcha. Um, and so he found a molecule uh, that was actually in urine that he called anti-neoplaston. Anti-neoplaston, right. right. So this guy is called Dr. Brzezinski mm-hmm. and he was based, I think, down in Houston. And he practiced for several decades. And these anti-neoplastons are molecules uh, that are found in blood and urine. Uh, I think they're found in higher concentrations in urine. And his theory was that these anti-neoplastons actually fight cancer. And that's actually where the name comes from. So anti, against, and then neoplasm, cancer. Cancer. So, um, and so initially what he would do is he would have people come down to his clinic uh, in Houston and he would take samples of their urine and he would spin them down and try and get as many of these proteins out of them as possible yep. and then give them back to the people. Now, he wouldn't, they wouldn't drink their own urine because you couldn't get the concentration high enough, but he, I think he'd give back to them IV. But at least there is something here, right, that he was looking in the urine found something that maybe we overlooked, mm. that there was actually beyond the ammonia and the urine and the salt, something in there that was maybe actually kind of a bit magical. Mm. Now, unfortunately, he never published any results. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> Somewhat damning, yeah. And he was actually stopped by... Um, by the FDA and by the, you know, he had his license revoked and was basically forced out of the country and into hiding. Uh, I think he's been dead for a couple of decades now. Right. Um, but and the, his lab is the only lab that ever had any data at all about it working. No wow. one's ever been able to produce anything else about Now, antineoplastons do seem to exist, apparently. Mm. Now, the molecule he described, I think, exists. Um, but I'll tell you something quickly about what those things do. So they're not totally benign. What they will cause is low numbers of red blood cells, abnormal calcium levels, high blood pressure, irregular heartbeat, dizziness, <laughs> loss of appetite, wind, tiredness, numbness, swelling, pain, and stiffness in the joints, headaches, feeling and being sick, feeling sleepy, skin rashes, fevers, fits, and swelling near the brain. However, loss of appetite, you say? <laughs> loss of appetite, <laughs> I'll take I say. That. Now, sure, the side effects with every treatment, right? Remember, they don't actually cure cancer. So you're just getting all the side effects. Yeah, right. I think okay. it's a fair trade. Yeah. <laughs> swelling near the brain. Yeah. Wow. But not swelling of the brain. True. Just near. Yeah. So, hey. Fine. That's who he tells patients. Right. Now, look, you might get swelling near the brain, but don't worry. <laughs> yeah. It's not in the brain. That's right. Here's another potential use. And in theory, at least, this use makes a bit of sense. Now, okay. you can probably tell me that if this is correct or not but there's a paper it's incorrect <laughs> by mills and fawns and this is, goes back to 1991 so it's a bit of an old paper right but, good good music year though um 1991 yeah are you thinking rage is that what you think rage against machine well amongst others sure yeah husker do would have oh, been yeah well no that was more sugar in those times okay yeah husker do wrapped it up in the late 80s <laughs> okay mills and fawns are the two um authors of this paper from 1991 uh-huh. it's called melatonin supplementation from early morning auto urine drinking right. so people with sleep dysregulation yeah if you're in the middle of your sleep there might be some kind of 
melatonin type secretion going on in your urine yep. such that if you drink it in the morning yeah you can actually supplement the morning's level of melatonin with right. what was there the melatonin makes you sleep correct right so, so is the idea that if you didn't sleep well and for some reason you have a morning spike because you're out of whack then if you try and capture some of that morning spike that you are getting rid of in your urine and i'm not sure how much melatonin you actually secrete in your yeah. urine but i guess yeah. you do um if you recapture that all if you do it, you should at least be drinking it at night, not back in the morning, because then you'll just go to sleep in the morning. So you know, here I am. I'm arguing the timeline of how you should take it. That's right. Uh, like it actually works. Yeah. What did he say? In terms of the conclusion of this, we have to probably put it into the context of this being in Medical Hypotheses Journal. Right. <laughs> so not, How is that a journal? Not Medical Conclusions. Medical, medical Hypotheses. hypotheses. But what they were looking at was specifically... The How about the Journal of Wild Medical Ideas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's published. But this was actually looking at it in terms of the Amarolai practice to do with meditation and why it potentially could have be a benefit to drink one's own urine. Right. Because it sort of will alter your, your ability to focus in and do all these kind of things mm -hmm. that one might want to do when meditating. Right. Yeah. So the melatonin levels you're receiving is probably going to affect that somewhere, sure. right? So the, the conclusion of this paper seems... To, well. The conclusion of this medical hypothesis. Yeah. It says there are certain elements of the practice of Amaroli, which suggests a connection with melatonin. First, the recommended time of ingestion, yeah. ingestion of the urine, yeah. coincides with the greatest amount of melatonin in urine, uh -huh. which is the morning or whatever, sure. as you were saying. If that's what happens, sure. Anyway, so it seems, it does seem pretty quackery ish, especially because it's in a journal that's not sort of celebrating the conclusions or celebrating the hypothesis. <laughs> yeah. But I don't mind that as in terms of like a use of urine, except for the fact that you're, you're drinking also it with all kinds of, of shit. other kinds of yeah. crap that's going to yeah. really get make you sick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which would be hard to you. I don't know if I'd sleep well if I was been set to drinking ammonia filled salt water. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. So it, what I found interesting though was yeah. the the lack I found of papers that were investigating the uses. Time, nothing. Yeah. Um, Very, like, not just little. I, I didn't find any actual papers that discussed it. No. And here is one of the calling cards of the pro-urine drinking movement, right? It hasn't been researched. That Well, it won't be. Why? Because it's free. Because it's free. Why would, they, why would they find out it works? They don't want to know. No one, yeah. Big Pharma doesn't want you to know that drinking your yeah. urine will provide all these benefits. Which is getting you. right to my... I was actually thinking when you're discussing the melatonin thing. I was like, well, why would you drink your urine? If the idea is just to get melatonin, just buy some melatonin tablets. And you can do that without drinking the urine. But you know what? That's my, my Western bias, isn't it? Just yeah. go out there and buy it from the company. You, want, you want melatonin? The, you know. Just go buy some melatonin. Yep. These guys are telling me, no, you don't need to go buy the melatonin from Big Urine. Make your own. Yeah. You, got, you make melatonin. You are the melatonin pill. Mm. I think it is. And, but it's amazing, you're right, how many people see no evidence and they say... Just hasn't been looked at yet. Well, this is actually a really interesting point. The absence of evidence being the evidence of absence, right? That's yeah. often touted. Absence space, of evidence right? is not the evidence of absence. Correct. Right. The thing yeah. that's left off the bottom of that is that you can't get evidence of absence. Statistically speaking, you can't prove that there's no relationship between something. Sure. So this is the whole purpose of a null hypothesis, right? Yes. There's, there's no way you can set up a test which is going to prove that, say, men and women are the same at something, right? You can yeah. either prove that there's a difference yep. or you will prove have not enough evidence to show that there's a difference, right? Yeah. 
Now, I'm using the word prove, which I probably shouldn't be. Infer is probably a yeah. better word because as any statistician will tell you, you can't prove anything. Yeah. But you can certainly infer based on statistical evidence. Mm-hmm. But you can't infer, you can't provide positive evidence for a non-effect. No, you, you won't get a number for that. Correct. Yeah. But people will keep on saying, well, there's no papers. You haven't shown me positive Evidence. Positive evidence of it doesn't work. Doesn't work. Which is exactly the 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 problem that that guy on the Joe Rogan show for the um yeah. the vegan thing. What's, yeah. the, what's the vegan movie called again? Uh, Game Changers. Game Changers. Yeah. He was having that exact problem. Yeah. Because he was seeing 150 papers where there was I think 16 of them were showing that there was some kind of potential benefit to having a vegan diet. Yeah. In in this particular cancer. For cancer. Yeah. They you know he saw it as being 16. No, it was about meat diet, that a that a omnivorous diet. But there, basically, yeah. there was there was a hundred. There was most of the papers, like eighty percent of the papers, yeah. showed there was no effect. Exactly. And this tiny proportion of papers showed there was a positive effect of plants. Yeah. Of just a no. plant based diet, uh, and there was a tiny proportion that was showing a positive impact of having a meat based diet. But all the rest were saying no difference between if you're a carnivore. You're close. What it actually showed was a small proportion showed. A um, that meat increased cancer rates, yep. but an equally small proportion showed that um, meat actually prevented cancer, okay. decreased cancer yep. rates. So it's all in the context of meat, not just vegetables. Got you. So the meat was the only variable, oh, and the you. increase or decrease of cancer rate was the outcome. Yep. Nonetheless, he was getting ready to just wipe away the 80% of studies that showed no effect as if yep. we can just ignore them. and Because just look they're not, they're, yep. they're dud studies. That studies. Yeah. No, no, no. They don't show anything. That's right. No difference. That's right. That's nothing. They couldn't give you a positive number, right? So we don't count those. All right. Well, look, before we go, I kind of want to have a look at how it's used. Well, at least the, the sort of extreme end of the promotional side of urine therapy. Yeah. Right. What people are getting sucked into on the internet in terms of what well, do you think? Uses. So this comes from a, um, some pretty random website I've found, but um, there are six, seven potential ways of using urine for therapy, right? Uh-huh. Number one, drinking. Yeah. And they do suggest that midstream of the first morning urine is to be taken. Sure. You can also Im- improve it with fasts. So if you fast yeah. with urine and water for one or more days, that's apparently meant to be a particularly beneficial thing. You and become a human terrarium at that point, right? Just living off your own liquids. Yeah. That seems terrible, doesn't it? Apparently that Wait, guy... Think about it. If, if you can put a plant in a sealed glass container and it can survive with a bit of light, why can't humans? Like the tree. Apparently enemas. You can get a, a urine enema, which people are going for. Right. Gargling well, urine. At the very least, if anything, a urine enema wouldn't have quite as broad a electrolyte um, imbalance. So that you, you know what happens if you take a, like a freshwater enema um, the concentration of electrolytes on the in your body side is so high and so low where the water is that you actually just lose all through diffusion and osmosis. All oh. these electrolytes travel into your gut and then you just lose it all right away, right? So people end up fainting. They get these like low sodium um, comas and all kinds of stuff after they have these freshwater enemas. Yeah. So you should be at least using something like a saltwater enema so you don't like just suck up all the nutrients. But... If you use something like urine, which is already full of nutrients, waste nutrients, at least you won't have as big an imbalance. And you're not ingesting those those back into the body, really, right? They're Unless the out concentration is higher than it is in the body, in which case it might actually go across that yeah. way. But bear in mind, 
what does the gut do? The gut's there to absorb stuff, right? Yeah. So, sounds like the conclusion of this podcast is people have got this upside down, so to speak. Yeah. You shouldn't be drinking your own urine. You should be shelving it. You should be shelving it. For later. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. We need to discuss, I think we should discuss enemas at some point as well, like or colonics in general. That should come up at some point. Yeah. Um, gargling urine, apparently, is another thing when, when someone's meant to do and it helps for gum problems yeah. and other lesions of the mouth and tongue. Wouldn't that cause lesions of the mouth and tongue? I don't know. Yeah. Um, vaginal douching apparently gives you comfort and healing eye and ear drops as we said before using eye drops um, pain burning and tiredness in the eyes may get relief with a few drops of urine ears can benefit greatly if receiving a few urine drops jeez and urine sniffing urine huffing oh well that's okay sure tell me how this Pneumonia, is the most effective maybe. way of treatment for any sinus congestion and upper respiratory problems well look Ammonia will clear your nasal passages, so maybe that's real. Yeah. Now, tell me this. When it comes to all these kind of old tribal medicines and stuff, right? So Riddle we, me this. We, yeah. we said that it's been used in Africa for a whole long time, right? Yeah. How do people who do this stuff pick and choose which ones they're going to keep from thousand-year-old traditions and which ones they're going to say are crazy? Yeah. Like, Africans drink urine. Great. They also kill albinos. Yeah. <laughs> for magical and, and eat them for magical reasons well right? yeah Sacri sacrifice has, yeah. Done, has been done everywhere yeah, on the planet. everyone knows that albinos forget Africa sacrifice is like just ubiquitous right yeah Europe they were sacrificing things forget about South America you'd be like if people that didn't get sacrificed were the oddity right exactly so how do you decide that well no obviously killing albinos for magic and grinding them into a dust is obviously crazy but when they were drinking their urine, I just think that that's probably fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know? How do you pick and choose which ones are going are gonna to work and which ones aren't going to work? Yeah. I'm with you. I don't know. We need, to, we need to get someone here who believes in this stuff and come up with a list of ancient practices yeah. and try and tease out which ones they think are okay and which ones are obviously barbaric and try and work out why. And, and ask, you know, well, okay, you, fine. You said that drinking urine made you feel better. That's great. Have you tried killing an albino and eating him? How do you know it doesn't... It's possibly true. Yeah. I mean, what if you grind... Because albinos exist in other animals too. What if you grind down sure. particular animals and of albino could, extraction? You right? could actually compare like albino, one animal to another, you know, a non-albino version of that animal and see if the albinism has any medicinal properties. Mm, I think we're giving people ideas here. Yeah. So see, we can study albinos without killing people. <laughs> okay. Well, I think... Have we rounded out our discussions on urine? I think so. I think we're kind of done here. Um, but yeah, so the uh, moral of the story is... Don't drink your urine. Don't drink your urine. Um, there's a great quote actually from Lindsay Berginger, who writes for Rare, R-A-R-E, which is an online blog, which I think is right up our alley. It seems to be a lot of this kind of like... Right up our urethras. Yeah. Anyway, she says, just start your morning with a cup of coffee and a bowl of oatmeal. Yeah. It's a lot tastier than re-drinking what you had last night. No list of health benefits could persuade me to drink piss. I feel like that's a nice little round way of finishing up the episode. Mm -hmm. Now let's go get on the piss. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's been Jeremy's Iron. Jeremy'sIron.com is where we are at. And we're on all of the, uh, the platforms as well. Your yep. Spotify's, your iTunes, uh -huh. all the search engines. Your NASDAQ's. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're on the ASX's. You're on the yeah. footsies. We're the footsies. Yeah, we, we, the, uh, yeah. we had our IPO a few weeks ago. The, the Hank, Hank Fang? 
Hang Seng. Hang Seng, the Nick guy. He's a yeah. Well, he's a um, someone who studied medicine his whole life. And yeah. What, what are we? Hang what are we? Uh, what are we trading as? The Hang Ten. Are we JIP? Yeah, I like that. No, no, it needs something better than that. I think it'd be JYJ. J, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. That's that's totally it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Done. <laughs> you can find us on the ASX at JYJ. Justin E. Justin. But thanks for listening. Well, I'll be dead by next time with coronavirus. True. So it's just gonna be you. <laughs> stay stay safe out there, people. Yeah. Now like in it. Stay out of Wuhan. Those of you in Wuhan, please stay in Wuhan. And if there is a time for sort of, you know, xenophobia, it probably is right now. Yeah. We should <laughs> stay away from <laughs> Stay out of our country. Oh, I really hope I remember to remove this part of the podcast. Sometimes I don't. Public service announcement. I was at work a couple of days. If you've ago. made it all the way to this part of the podcast yeah. and Thank you've you. now just found out that we're racist. <laughs> Intolerant. People won't believe you because they have to get to this part of the podcast. No, it's not that we're racist. I think we're actually xenophobic right now. We're literally scared of of, of strange people. Yeah. You know? They, they bring illness to us. Yeah. Pestilence. And take our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> while, while, while we're talking about it. Uh, one of the guys at work, he's a fairly paranoid doctor. Yeah. He said he thinks that this is a conspiracy from China. Cor- the coronavirus. Yeah. And I said, do you mean that they made the coronavirus? Or that just the talk about it is like sort of a conspiracy rhetoric to some political end. And he said, I don't know. I think. He said, it's probably not made. He said, they probably didn't like make it and spread it. So it's probably a real thing. He's like, but it's the gravity of it is largely exaggerated due to the fact that they probably want to spread the word about this to shut down their economy to ultimately. Makes sense. Yeah, to ultimately shut down the American economy uh, in a, in a sort of like seppuku style and like bring down Trump yeah so this is an anti-Trump act yes right and I said he says, he says I can't prove this I don't know the details or the machinations of it he says but that's more or less what I think is going on <laughs> it's like that's, that's, then everyone said but firstly from everything we know China's downplaying the numbers They've because been, it they, only harms them both politically, how economically, it, yeah. in every single way. How, how is it good for them? And he's like, well, unless hurting themselves is good for them. Mm, <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> who's this dude? He's a dude who, like you, has no cell phone, but because he's afraid of being tapped okay. and afraid of being tracked. Yeah. Uh, and is well, that's the secondary reason why I don't have a cell phone. Yeah. Most paranoid people I've ever met in my life. Sounds like me. So, so this. This guy bit sounds like, like an all right, upstanding gentleman. <laughs> He's Coptic Orthodox. Something. Is he? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, but see, super that's nice ridiculous. Guy, but, the, but the idea is purely based. Can I be affronted by that, please? Like, yeah. that's ridiculous that someone could like believe that. Coptic Orthodox. It's, no, but this is the whole the whole yeah. concern that we have, which is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Is this, this desire that people have to latch onto things that are conspiratorial, right? Yeah. In health. 
in economics, in yeah. politics. As soon as it sounds conspiratorial- It's more fun. It, yeah, well, it's fun, but it's also yeah. like the reverse that's happening. Like yeah. quite clearly, every kind of rational part of your brain says yeah. the reverse is in fact happening. And yeah. that only- will- And should be happening. Yeah, but that only bolsters their confidence yeah. that it is a conspiracy. Because well, it's like, with, well, like, this is why it's the perfect conspiracy, right? Exactly. Because you don't see You'd it never coming. believe China sinking their entire economy and like, you know- To bring down, to, to alter- Quarantining their- millions of people in cities, not letting them actually, you know- Yeah. Having a humanitarian crisis- To of, bring of, down Trump before the next election. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, of course. Because it's not as if like- xenophobia is going to be one of his platforms and is only going to help him out in the next election when it's like, oh, by the way, we're also going to shut the door to China. People are going to be like, well, it's probably... And the best part is that the the comeback to that makes no sense is, well, I haven't got all the answers. (laughs) It's like religion, right? Yeah. Well, this is bigger than me. I don't have the answers. I just know that there's something going on. Yeah. I can tell. It's clear that this is not normal. This is unusual. There's clearly something bigger going on, and it's probably this. Why? I have faith that this is the ultimate conclusion. I just can't tell you any reason why or any process involved. Like the crystal person I spoke to, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You know, um, what do crystals do? I don't really know. How do they work? I can't tell you that either. But you just felt that they did? That's, That's it. right. Yeah. yeah. What if I told you that I have evidence that that doesn't make any sense? There's no reason why they should, and we've never shown any evidence that they've ever worked for anything yeah you don't don't get it don't care you don't get it don't you see yeah (laughs) (laughs) why can't you see how obvious this is that this is just how it is it was was the same argument really well similarly also to the people that think that 9-11 was a hoax so 9-11 not was a conspiracy right like george bush was in on in a very like primal way in a very sort of you know foundational way was in on the attacks on the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. Like, to believe that, you have to be so, like, the, the levels that you have to, the hoops you have to go through to actually believe that in that the leader of a country would be willing, as, as incompetent or as whatever you might think he was, that someone would sign off on that yeah. for some end to, you know, is insane. It's absolutely Dude, insane. And, and that no one over 20 years has like blurted that out. Like the, the whole conspiracy would have taken hundreds, if not thousands of people. Yeah. And there's been no leak in 20 years. Of, oh, by the way, here's something that was sent, blah, blah, blah. Not, not one person. Not one person. Yeah. Oh, that's what they want you to think. That only, that only like, you know, again, bolsters their confidence that it was a big conspiracy. Crazy. Lack of evidence. All right. I think we're done. I think we're done. Should we get some food? Absolutely. I'm starving. See you later, peeps.